The city of Kufa in Iraq once suffered an earthquake and after it settled Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, the companion of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, ascended the pulpit and he made a public announcement and he said, Ya ayyuhal nas, O people, inna rabbakum yasta'atibukum fa'atibuhu. Your Lord is asking you to change your ways. So make those amendments. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, a student of the Prophet وسلم, understood that at the core and at the essence of an earthquake or a natural disaster, more was intended than the mere movement of the land. What was intended was the movement of the hearts for people to look into the mirror of their souls and to make adjustments. So following the footsteps of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, we want to do the same. We look at the recent events of Turkey, Syria, the earthquake, and we extract a few key messages that are required at this hour, messages that lend themselves to us. I share with you five. The first of them, لا توزعوا أقدار الله على الناس بحسب مزاجكم. Beware of going around making bold claims about what the qadr of Allah, the decree of Allah is on certain specific events. Who can be sure? And who is receiving revelation from Allah amongst us? The recent earthquake was just one example. An earthquake that exposed the very opinionated nature of a lot of people, whether they are students of knowledge or social media users or people sat around a dinner table or their likes. Everyone, or many at least, seemed to be sure about what Allah intended with this specific earthquake. Some say it was a punishment and others they say otherwise. How can you be sure and with what knowledge? The rule says, لَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ هَلَكَ وَلَا كُلُّ مَنْ نَجَى يَكُنْ Not every person who dies because of a disaster was a sinner. And not every person who remains alive is definitely a saint. In the year 18 after the Hijrah, a plague, some people call it the bubonic plague, an epidemic broke out in the city of Amwas, in the city of Philistine, Palestine. And it claimed thousands of righteous Muslim lives. And one of the greatest of those lives was Aminul Ummah, the trustee of this Ummah, Abu Ubaid ibn Jarrah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He died at the hands of this plague. And many other companions and thousands of righteous Muslims, they died at the hands of this plague. Meanwhile, on the other side of the Muslim borders were non-believing people, non-Muslims, who were completely safe. Not every person who dies was necessarily a sinner whom Allah hates. And not every person who stays alive is necessarily a saint whom Allah Almighty loves. So with what knowledge do many of us going around, go around saying, this is the qadr of Allah on this specific event. When you look at the nations of Ad and Thamud and Madian, the 
Umamul Ba'idah, the perished civilizations, we can say for sure that they were taken away by natural disasters because of a divine punishment. We know that for sure, because that came through wahi, revelation, through the prophets of those eras. But where is the prophet today? Prophets have died. There will be no more. And revelation has ended. There will be no more. And therefore, let us not go around distributing the qadr of Allah based upon our limited and narrow judgment. This is message number one. As for message number two, let us be polite and well-mannered and well-behaved towards Allah Almighty and His decisions. No human mind can encompass the knowledge and the wisdom and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, if all of the minds of humankind collectively and jinnkind as well were to come together to form one super mastermind and try to uncover the wisdom of just one event, they would fail. The killing of the boy at the time of Prophet Musa والسلام, at the hands of Al-Khadr. Musa والسلام, was outraged. How could you? An innocent life. And it was only when Wahi came revelation and it removed the veils that we understood the wisdom behind this event. Allah said that Al-Khadr said to Musa, وَأَمَّا الْغُلَامُ فَكَانَ أَبَوَاهُ مُؤْمِنَيْنِ as for the young boy who I killed, he said he had two parents who were righteous. And we feared that he would grow up later on in life and push his mom and dad to defiance and disbelief. And so we intended that Allah Almighty would replace those parents with another son who would be better for them with respect to purity and nearer to them with respect to mercy. But when the boy was killed and his blood began to flow, Musa السلام, was outraged. He didn't understand. If I was there, I would have been outraged and you would have been outraged as well. And that event, the wisdom of it, would have remained a mystery till this day of ours if it wasn't for wahi revelation from Allah. You see, sometimes Allah will cover huge bundles of khair, goodness, <coughs> with a thin veil of what we call shar evil, a thin packaging of evil. And because you and I were only able to see things surface level and our assessment is not deep, we may accuse Allah Almighty of injustice. So we have no option but to accept Allah Almighty's wise decisions and to accept that Allah Almighty knows Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun He knows and we don't know The conclusion, let us be well behaved and well mannered towards Allah Jalla Jalalu and never challenge His supreme and wise decisions. This is message number two. As for message number three, my brother, my sister, reconcile between yourselves and your brothers and sisters and mend the relationships between you, please. The recent event, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, showed us that when death arrives in many instances, it doesn't give anybody a heads up. It doesn't give people a tip off. I am coming at date such and such, time such and such. 
And when death finally arrives, no amount of crying will ever quell the pain and the regret of an unresolved fallout between you and another Muslim. In my short experience here on this earth, I've come to witness some of the deepest expressions of love at airports during those farewell moments. And I've come to see the deepest expressions of regret at graveyards and at the edges of a burial site. And I've come to experience the hottest tears of pain during a funeral procession. Why does all of this happen? For one reason. Because we only realize the value of one another in the end when it is too late. My dear brother, a single word of apology or gratitude or thanks that you whisper into the ear of your brother today when he's still alive is far more valuable than pages of poetry that you write in his praise when he's died and passed on. By then it is too late. A single tear, my brother, that you shed over the shoulder of a brother whom you've fallen out with today when he is still alive is far more valuable than tears that you unleash upon his grave after he has died. By then it is too late. And my sister, a, a single rose that you offer to another sister of yours whom you've fallen out with today when she is still alive is far more valuable than a whole bouquet of roses you drop on her grave when she has died and passed on. By then it is too late. <coughs> Don't delay the beautiful things of life after the time has passed on. Because that will resemble the kiss of apology that you place on the forehead of a man who's died. What use is there in that? And so take heed of Allah's instruction when he said, be fearful of Allah and mend the relationships between one another because when death arrives, no opportunity will be given and there you will realize as you cry, no amount of fame, no amount of money, no dispute, no fallout was worth the pain of an unresolved fallout between you and another Muslim. <laughs> Message number four. Acknowledge your weakness, my brother. <coughs> And realize, وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا Man was created weak. The recent earthquake in Turkey and Syria, not only did it give us a glimpse into the supreme power of Allah and His control in the universe, it has also given us a glimpse into the inherent weakness of man. And how, despite us living in an era, where man has been placed at the center of the universe and his desires have been placed above all, this reminder of our weakness could not have come any sooner. When the command Amrullah arrives, look around you, la ilaha illallah, and notice how every human activity comes to a grinding halt. Everything stops for a moment. All of the flirting and the boasting and the DMing and the showing off and the trading and the building and the speaking and the dressing and the undressing. Everything comes to a halt when the command of Allah arrives. And we're all placed on the same level. 
whether we are kings or paupers, whether we are healthy or unhealthy, whether we are successful or failures, whether we are sinners or saints, all of humanity, when the earth begins to shake, or when a volcanic eruption happens, or when a storm attacks us, or a flood rises, everybody is rendered into a spectator. Every human being becomes a helpless bystander, looking out helplessly, anxiously, waiting to see what the decree of Allah is upon you and your future. Man is so weak, and this recent event exposed that weakness. And that is why Nabiul Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our Prophet, once demonstrated this message in the hadith which Ahmed narrates on the authority of Bishr ibn Jahash. He, alayhi salatu wa salam, spat into his hand. And then he placed his index finger into his blessed spittle, alayhi salatu wa salam. And then he said, Qala Allahu, Allah Almighty said, Yabna Adam, O son of Adam, Anna tu'ajizuni wa qad khalaqtuka min mithli hadih. How dare you think, Allah said, that you can outrun me when I created you from something like this. Hatta idha sawaytuka wa adaltuk. Till the day came when I formed you, and I fashioned you, and I designed you. Mashayta bayna burdaini. You started to walk in your fine clothes. And the earth now makes a sound because you're, you're weighty. And you start making money and you don't give it to people. And then the rattle of death begins shaking your throat. And you say now, I will give in charity. He said the time of charity has passed by then. How can you outrun me, O son of Adam, when I created you from something like this? La ilaha illallah. Allah is al-Malik, and man is weak. A young Turkish man, days before the earthquake, he said, I was kicked out of my apartment by my landlord because I was unable to pay him the rent that I owed him. And then a few hours after the earthquake, here I am, he said, me and my landlord, in the same tent, sat around the same fire. Allah is Al-Malik, giving kingdom to whom he wishes, taking kingdom from whom he wishes. The conclusion is be humble. Acknowledge your weakness, my respected brother, my respected sister. And there is no space for nonsensical kalam speech. There is no space for you to say, I don't accept apologies. He comes and apologizes to me. There's no room for this nonsense anymore. There's no room for, I will not pardon a single penny he owes me. Every penny he pays it back, otherwise he will see what I will do. No more room for this kalam, this talk. There is no more room for, I will live my life as I wish. Don't judge me. Mind your own business. Keep your advice to yourself. That earthquake showed that there is no more room for any of this type of talk. Accept the supremacy of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu upon you and realize that as a human being, you're not spoiled for choices. It's only the two options we have. Option number one, we voluntarily accept that we are weak. We voluntarily humble ourselves to Allah. And we accept apologies and we give people their dues and we allow this humbleness to show up on social media and how we present ourselves. Option one. 
or we've automatically chosen option number two, which is what? We have chosen to wait for the events of life to humble us by force and to educate us in its own unique way. The intelligent one will choose option number one and he will fear option number two. That is message number four. Acknowledge your weakness, my brother, and allow that to appear in your decisions. And the fifth and final message I will leave you with, Renew your commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> A Turkish woman was found by the rescue team under the debris of her home after the earthquake. They said to her, Auntie, we're coming for you, come out. Safe passage, alhamdulillah, you are safe. She said, no, I won't come out. I'm not wearing my hijab. Give me a cloth, then I will come out. So what excuse do you have, my righteous mother, my righteous daughter, my righteous sister, my righteous auntie, from delaying the correct Islamic hijab? When here you have an earthquake of magnitude 7.8 that tore down the country of this Turkish woman, but it couldn't even cause a crack in her iman. La ilaha illallah. Renew your commitment to Allah. An old uncle of ours in Syria, after the earthquake took place, filmed by the rescue team lying flat on his face because the ceiling of his home had toppled over and sandwiched him beneath concrete. They say to him, uncle, relax, we are coming for you. He said, bring me water. I need to do my wudu, I have to pray. So what excuse do you have, my father, my son, my uncle? from delaying your salah, making up the salah that you've missed. Renew your commitment with Allah Jalla Jalalu. And realize that the opportunity you have, you have now may never come again. Renew your commitment to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Do you feel confident? Do you feel that safe? that the normality of everyday life will just continue and one day it will not change? Do you feel that confident that the security you are experiencing now may not change one day? Do you feel safe as you live on the land of a king, beneath the ceiling of a king, eating the food and drink of a king, and using the limbs loaned to you and I, by a king to then disobey the very same king under the eye of that king. Do you feel safe from the plotting of Allah? Allah Almighty he asks the question, Do you feel safe, Allah asks, that he who is in the heavens, Allah, may not cause the earth to open up and swallow you as it quakes violently. Do you feel safe that the one who is in the heavens will not unleash upon you a storm of stones? And at that moment you will realize how serious the threat of Allah was. In conclusion, what do you do in a situation when the arrows of an archer who cannot be reached are harming you? Arrows of an archer are falling upon you and causing you injury. What can you do? The only thing you can do is make friends with the archer. Make a peace treaty with him. 
draw near to him and you will be safe and out of harm's way. Likewise, what do you do if you fear the sudden onset of the punishment of Allah? You do the same thing. You make peace with him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. You give him an apology. You become his friend and you draw near to him. And that way you will be out of harm's way. Find safety from Allah in Allah Jalla Jalalu. These are five messages I wanted to share with you from the recent earthquake.